We Are One Body Audio Theater presents Electron Jones and the Talent Thief. Written by Joe Potts. Electron Jones was worried on those irregular occasions when Detective Lieutenant Doyle of the East America United Police visited Electron's penthouse for assistance, the cases he brought were usually trivial. But Electron knew immediately that this time was different. At the mention of Dr. Darkness, his pulse quickened, and he set aside the electronic tablets upon which he had been tapping. Lieutenant Doyle sat on a silk overstuffed chair sipping tea from a china cup, Across from Doyle, in a plush Victorian chair, sat October Hughes, Electron's longtime friend and fellow sleuth. October, have you come across Dr. Darkness in your travels? I'm afraid not. I don't frequent traveling carnivals. I'm aware of him, but I've never had the pleasure of giving him a personal reading. You know, this tea isn't too bad, Jones. Ah, so you like the blueberry. Hmm, quite nice. Now, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Dr. Darkness. He has quite the reputation as a fraud and a swindler, you know. Mystery and hijinks seem to follow him around like a devoted dog. Classy, October's collie, lifted her head from the floor. Not you. Go back to sleep. Here, Doyle, have a pecan roll. Oh, don't mind if I do. As for Dr. Darkness... His infamy indeed precedes him. And while I would characterize this as gossip, and therefore somewhat suspect, I have heard from certain circles that he has powers. Yes, I had also heard the rumors prior to my own observation of his abilities. He doesn't work for the betterment of mankind, I can tell you that much. He deals in anything from mischief to murder, although I've never found solid proof. I sometimes think my only hope is to interrogate him and trick him into a confession. When you trace back certain nefarious escapades, he's got his sticky fingers in it. Speaking of which, mm, do you have a napkin? A master criminal traveling with a carnival as the resident magician? That's novel. Yes, I could think of several novels of that sort. Oh, Electron, seriously. The few times I've seen clips of his act, I did sense a certain darkness. How apropos. I am loath to dismiss the feelings of such an eminent empath as yourself, my dear October. I'm flattered, but only an in-person encounter is truly reliable. I had hoped that his so-called powers were all myth and exaggeration. But it seems, October, we have now found a first-hand account. Yes, yes, it's true. With my own eyes, bless my badge, I saw him steal the talent from another man. And quite an extraordinary sight, I'm sure. Here's another napkin, Doyle. This was at the carnival, I gather. <clears throat> yes, it was between performances. We were milling about, just kind of looking around. Um, I was escorting a young lady, you see. Oh, that lucky young lady. I'm sure there's a waiting list to be the companion of the city's youngest ever detective lieutenant. Yes, indeed, the wunderkind. Uh, but we're making the good detective blush. Uh, please, continue, Doyle. Well, we 
accidentally sort of got lost and ended up behind a rehearsal tent. I peeked in and observed Dr. Darkness with the ringmaster, and I witnessed a remarkable transformation. One minute Dr. Darkness was soft-spoken, with a high-pitched voice. Then, after merely placing a hand on the ringmaster's shoulder, he began giving orders to the crew in rich, resonant tones. The ringmaster himself thought it was quite a good joke. At first. Remarkable. And the young lady? She saw it also? No, she didn't dare look in, as I did. I see. And the robbery of the nearby jewelry store later that evening is attributed to the ringmaster due to his voice being recognized. Yet surely it was actually Dr. Darkness himself. At any event, I have all the information I need for now, and your duty is calling you, I'm sure. There are criminals scurrying all over Tesla Town as we sip our tea. Yes, yes, I, I was about to leave anyway. They didn't give me a badge to chew the fat with penthouse tenants all day. Oh, have a good day, Lieutenant Doyle. After Lieutenant Doyle left, Electron Jones and October Hughes sat in protracted silence. Electron eventually rose and walked to the window overlooking the sprawling city of Tesla Town. October came to his side. A levitt train sped by below, and in the distance they could see a lunar transport rising into the twilight sky. We must pay Dr. Darkness a visit, so that you can get an accurate reading of him. But, October, you look puzzled. I'm just wondering how Lieutenant Doyle happened to see Dr. Darkness at the moment he was exercising his strange talent. Doyle isn't usually the Sherlock type. Yes, but neither is he Lestrade. He dwells somewhere in the middle ground, and at times the blind pig principle does come into play. Really, Electron? A pig? That's not very kind. The way he's always scurrying about, he does remind me of a squirrel sometimes. No, Classy, there are no squirrels here. Anyway, I mean a likable squirrel, and clever enough, I suppose. You shouldn't be so hard on him, Electron. No, oh, Doyle is far from useless, and I believe his account is totally reliable. Unless he is a master of vocal imitation, Dr. Darkness could not have been barking orders until he stole the ringmaster's distinctive voice. Barking! That's it! Maybe we should have him touch Klazi. Then he'd be trustworthy and loyal. Hmm. You have given me something to think about. As if you need prodding. Electron sat on the couch and began quickly running his ambidextrous hands over the tablets that sat balanced on each of his thighs. His eyes flicked back and forth between the right and the left as his fingers tapped briskly away. October sat down beside him. But we don't understand how his power works, do we? How does he control it? Obviously, he can't be sucking every characteristic out of every person he casually touches. Indeed. He must somehow be able to select when his power is activated. Yes! Like the on-off switch on a vacuum cleaner. Really, October, you quite amaze me at times. Yes. 
he must switch it on and off. But when he turns it on, can he control what he vacuums? Or does he take whatever he gets, like my handy dustbuster in the closet? <laughs> That's it! Dr. Dustbuster, the scourge of the parlor. <laughs> yes, but if our suspicions are accurate, then Dr. Darkness, as he continues to acquire abilities, may be on a steep curve toward invincibility. Yes, I see your point. Each new talent he adds takes him farther above the plane of normal human abilities. Yes. I fear we are facing a narrow window of opportunity that is rapidly closing. Electron sat thinking for a full minute. October shifted in her chair. Electron couldn't help but notice her uncharacteristically troubled look as she toyed with the fine fabric of her slacks. Suddenly, she stood up and began to pace. Then we should act now. I don't understand. If this man truly has this power, then why would he use it for ill? Why would he acquire talents solely for the purpose of criminal activities? My dear October, there we enter the murky waters of human psychology. Why one man is Adolf Hitler and another is Albert Schweitzer is one of the timeless mysteries of human nature. Oh, why can't we learn how to turn one into the other? Hmm. Perhaps. Is the carnival still in town? Yes, it is. In fact, I was thinking I should go tomorrow to get my reading of Dr. Darkness. Excellent. Tomorrow. That will give me a chance to make the appropriate preparations. For every cobra in this world, there is a corresponding mongoose. And I believe I know the proper mongoose for this particular cobra. We shall facilitate their meeting. Quite probably some danger will be involved, October. If my reasoning is correct, and Dr. Darkness discovers that we're onto him, our very lives may be at stake. Huh. As if we haven't been down that road before. I'll pick you up at eight. I have a new speeder you haven't seen yet. All the fanciest new gizmos. Oh, Excellent! Electron Jones, October Hughes, and a stocky man in a dark coat, scarf, and hat entered a dimly lit tent at Cosmo's Cosmic Carnival. Small tables sat scattered around a sawdust floor, and Electron wrinkled his nose at the smell of five-day-old cigarettes. The seats were half empty. The trio placed themselves at a table near the middle of the room. A fanfare blasted over the PA system, and a spotlight hit the stage as a tall man with a swirling cape and a silk top hat briskly twirled in from stage left. Well, I don't know about the dark arts, but he certainly dabbles in hokum. We must not permit outward appearances to mislead us. Look, he is engaging the first table in banter and some sort of magic trick. 
All a sham, of course. My dear sir, may I impose upon you to give me your watch? Purely for the purpose of my next illusion, of course. Um, okay. Here you go. Why, thank you. And now, young lady, what's your favorite color? Purple. Purple. Wonderful. Ta-da! Your watch, sir, restored to you. But I gave you a Rolex. This is a purple dinosaur watch. Hey, that's my watch. All right, on to the next table. Hey, what about my watch? The carnival is not responsible for any property lost on the premises. Listen to him. Have a nice night. There is a malevolence in him that his act cannot disguise. You're convinced he's dangerous, then? Without question, my friend. In fact, I think you will forgive me for engaging in melodrama if I say he may, if he continues as he is, become the Caesar of crime. October, your reading of him is essential. How much of my information is fact versus innuendo is as yet unclear. Oh, look, Helen. Ah, he's moving on to another table. He's coming our way. I've got eyes, Fillmore. I can see him. A loving couple, I can see. What did you two used to do? Well, I was a grocer up until a few years ago. A few years? More like a decade. And what did you do, my dear madam? I taught first grade for 40 years. Ah, fascinating. I'm sure such an occupation takes a certain amount of skill and learning. Not really. Any energetic person could do it with the proper training. You just need to keep the kitties busy and not let them hurt each other. They're not really into learning at that age. Ah, oh, well. May I borrow your handkerchief? I don't think so. I'll never see it again if I give it to the likes of you. I had a student like you, regular magpie, wanted to hoard every shiny, fancy object he saw. Ah, well, then you, my fair young lady, would you loan me your handkerchief? <laughs> okay. Most people are an open book to me. Of course, not every book is in English. Then we shall hope he was printed domestically. Sometimes the pictures tell all that's needed. And now, reach into your breast pocket, sir. All right. Whoa. What's this? Madam, is this your handkerchief? Why, yes. It is. Are you getting anything, October? Other than bored? Yes, actually. This smooth carnival persona of his is all a put-on. I'm getting chills from reading him, even at this distance. There's a wickedness beneath his facade that I have rarely encountered. My analysis is correct, then. We've got him. Tread carefully, my dear. This one is dangerous. Then we are the perfect ones to intercept him. Well said, my friend. Oh, shh. He's approaching our table. Welcome, my guests. Put yourself in the hands of Dr. Darkness. Come in out of the bright sunlight and take refuge in the shade. 
You, sir, tell me a bit about yourself. It is necessary for my next illusion. Yes, well... Electron! Oh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my name is Perry, and I'm a clerk in a law firm. Uh, all the toil and none of the glory, eh? Nor the pay, for that matter. <laughs> we each must have our own part in the play, though. Please, pick a card. Aha! The Six of Spades. The exact card I was thinking of. And how about you, my fair lady? How do you pass the time? <laughs> I'm currently looking for a situation, so I don't do much of anything these days. Excellent, October. <laughs> yes, but tell us what you do on those occasions that you do do something. Well, I'm sort of between careers. My last employer said I was perfect for some field that his business wasn't currently in. I see. Well, we see if you can think of a number between three and five. I will turn my attention to your friend in the chapeau. A distinguished gentleman, if ever I saw one. And what trade might you be in, my good sir? You might say I specialize in the art of opening doors. Ah, you're a doorman. Perhaps at the Ritz? Not exactly. I open doors that other people can't open. Doors that aren't supposed to be opened. Doors that it takes a certain skill to unlock and open. He's kind of a professional. Please, discretion is paramount. His services are always in the highest demand. Dr. Darkness was motionless for what seemed like too long, looking intently at the man in the hat. Then he slowly extended his right hand. Sir... It is always a pleasure to meet a fellow gentleman of skill. The man in the hat paused, then stretched out his right hand to meet the magicians. As their hands clasped and slowly shook, Electron thought he saw a minute fluttering in the air, traveling from the man in the hat's arm to the magicians. Dr. Darkness smiled faintly. Then... His eyes softened at their stare, and Electron marveled at the change in his countenance. It's a pleasure to meet you. Why, thank you. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. What is your name? The man in the hat rose and removed his hat and scarf, revealing a clerical collar. My name is Thomas. Father Thomas. You may call on me at the rectory at your convenience. Yes. Yes, I think I'll do that. There are certain things we need to discuss. I have no doubt of that. You'll find Father Thomas is an exceptional companion. He is quite the most kind, selfless, and honest person I have ever met. Lieutenant Doyle squirmed a bit in the finely made chair in Electron's den. 
As usual, when summoned by Electron Jones, he had played his face-saving gambit of protesting too much work to comply. But the bait dangled by Electron of having broken the Dr. Darkness conundrum could not be resisted. He had hurried over, but now he didn't like what he was hearing, particularly not the parts he didn't understand. You think Dr. Darkness is no longer a threat? This sounds too good to be true. You say he's harmless just because he met Father Thomas? Yes, or more precisely, because he shook the priest's hand rather too greedily. Never underestimate the power of a truly good man or woman. The experiment wasn't without peril, however. We had to make some educated guesses about Dr. Darkness's powers and how he can exercise them. We figured he had to be able to switch his powers on and off. But we became convinced that once he opened himself to acquiring another's talents, he had to take whatever those primary talents or strengths were. He had no way of filtering them or picking and choosing, or so we calculated. Correctly, as it turned out. Dr. Darkness is now as kind and generous as the good father himself, who is easily the best man I know. Not trusting in the lasting effects of such talent pilfering, however, Father Thomas will continue to counsel Dr. Darkness and instruct him in the ways of righteous living, for as long as the former villain will allow. Of course, Dr. Darkness finds himself in need not only of a career change, but of a name change as well. Now, caution dictates that we should watch Dr. Darkness carefully for a time. However, we have good reason to believe that once he acquires a characteristic, it is permanent if he continues to exercise it. He is also tortured by thoughts of his past deeds. He is in anguish, trying to think of ways to repay society. Oh, he can repay society by going to the Iron Bar Hotel, the Slammer, you know, the Hooskow Hilton. Yes, uh, doubtless his debts must be paid. Father Thomas informs me that Dr. Darkness will soon be ready to meet with you for a full confession of his crimes. Of course, I will make a statement to the courts urging some measure of mercy be exercised in recognition of his changed character. Can a leopard really ever change his spots, though? Who's going to make sure he stays tame? That will be up to him as it's up to all of us to choose to use our talents for good. No doubt the good father can guide him, though. Indeed. I believe his future actions will be of a more positive nature, to say the least. That's all fine, I suppose. But what about Father Thomas? Has he been stripped of his good qualities? Good question. From studying Dr. Darkness's past targets, we have determined that they suffer a slight decrease in talent but regain their full abilities after a short time. Sort of like liver donors. Good idea, Classy. Let's all have treats to celebrate. Excellent. My good lieutenant, we certainly hope that this is a light day on the crime scene, and you can stay and enjoy our little party. Oh, well, are there any pecan rolls left? Oh, excuse me. This could be official business. I have to read this. How extraordinary. 
my deputy just sent me a message that Dr. Darkness has come into the station to confess. I must be off immediately. Ah, excellent. In the meantime, please drop in again whenever you need assistance. It's always a pleasure to aid you and your fine colleagues in the eradication of cry. Electron Jones and the Talent Thief was written by Joe Potts. The cast, in order of appearance, was Albert Sines as the narrator, Dennis Jers as Electron Jones, Dana Rizzo as October Hughes, Michael Timmons as Detective Lieutenant Doyle, Carolyn Jers as Classy and the girl with the purple dinosaur watch, Peter Jers as Dr. Darkness, Bill Iglesias as the man with the watch, Edward Roberts as Father Thomas, Lawrence Cuda as Fillmore, Jean Pistentes as Helen, Sarah Tusik as the young lady with the handkerchief, and Thomas Marincheck as the man at the carnival. Our audio technicians were Jacob Gorsuch, Thomas Marincheck, and Albert Sines. The sound effects were created and recorded by Jacob Gorsuch and Albert Sines for We Are One Body Audio Theater. The music was composed by Gretel and Darkey, and the artwork was created by Dennis Jers and Albert Sines. Electron Jones and the Talent Thief was directed by Gretel and Darkey and produced by Thomas Marincheck. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater. Oh, look, Helen. <laughs>